0: just easier to swap out stands than it is to uh, uh, try to adjust on the fly. Um, While it may seem uh, a bit repetitive, um, after taking a quick look at our current affairs, I felt it was certainly appropriate to pause long enough to walk through Psalm 23 uh, one more time between all those faced with the challenges, whether as teachers, as students, as administrators, as parents, uh, returning to school in the midst of a global pandemic. um, Significant, perhaps in some cases crippling, economic uncertainty. Significant and ongoing social and civil unrest. uh, The effects of a devastating weather event and wildfires. And for lack of a better term, a maliciously divided political landscape with an election looming. I don't know about the rest of you, uh, but I think I need the message of Psalm 23 pretty much every day. And so I'm going (laughs) to walk through the first part and review some of what was said in the first two weeks and some of what I said last week. And then we're going to finish up with the last couple of verses. So again, just to refresh your memory, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Or you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what's going on around you, or regardless of what's going on within you, I just want to remind you this morning that you can say, I have a shepherd. And I invite you to make this truth personal. I I found it interesting as we transition through Psalm 23. It transitions from talking about God to making it increasingly personal. And I just invite you, uh, again, many of you have heard me say before, the importance of taking Scripture and making it personal. But just remind yourself from time to time... By saying, I have a shepherd. That's enough right there. I have a shepherd. Sometimes it's nice for me to realize I don't have to be in charge. I have a shepherd. But more importantly, I have a shepherd who cares for me. I have a shepherd who provides for me. I have a shepherd who leads me. I have a shepherd who guides me and again to me the difference between leading and guiding is leading he's a couple steps ahead guiding he's right there hand on my shoulder maybe put a little pressure <laughs> giving me direction i have a shepherd who is with me in the good times i have a shepherd you can make this claim i have a shepherd who is with me in the green pastures I have a shepherd who is with me beside the quiet waters. But as we looked at in depth last week, I have a shepherd who is with me in the darkest of times. There is no darkness that can keep him from being with me. And then again, as we looked at last week, we can each say, I have a shepherd who protects me, And I have a shepherd who comforts me. Again, some of us, depending upon if we grew up in a church environment and depending upon that church environment, sometimes we kind of can grow up with an impression that that we don't have a shepherd. We have a a great policeman in the sky who's waiting there to whack us when we get (laughs) out of line. And some of us need a good whack from time to time. But it's so important, and I think especially right now, To just take a breath step back and remember that we have a shepherd who is on call and not even on call who is on duty 24 7 to protect us and who is on call ever-present 24 7 365 to comfort us and those of you that were here last week will recall that i said the shepherd basically does it all the sheep just have to be willing to follow and we can all make that claim as I said there's still a couple of verses to go in Psalm 23 and while I'm hard-pressed to think of a challenge that you could face or that you are facing that is not covered in the first four verses by my shepherd. I think it's worth at least looking at those next two verses. As Robin emphasized, we have a shepherd, I have a shepherd, and I encourage you to make it personal. I have a shepherd who blesses me. And again, some of us, as Robin demonstrated, have a pretty narrow definition of what it means to be blessed. So it's important to just step back and think about it. First it says... Uh, Let me see if I've got it here. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, I may be the only one, but personally, if God were to bless me, I would just assume that my enemies no longer exist. Alright? I mean, can we be honest? Wouldn't that be really the blessing? There are other passages of scripture where it talks about how your enemies are just going to be flat obliterated. And there are days I'm all for that all right <laughs> but our shepherd has a different perspective That's right. he doesn't promise to eliminate our enemies he doesn't promise to eliminate our hard time but rather he promises to sustain and accompany us in the face of our difficulties I was this close to giving you a video today that I thought illustrated this, but all of my watch I thought tended to be a little bit more distracting. But how many of you are familiar with something called Cowboy Poker? Anybody? (laughs) Cowboy Poker is you take a bunch of cowboys, usually three or four, sit them at a table in the middle of a bull ring, and you release the bull. (laughs) And the person who sits there the longest wins. And as I thought about God preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies, I thought, there's a crazy, really angry bull running around looking to mess me up. And God says, here, Steve, have a seat. The beauty of this, which is different than cowboy Poker, is... He's going to sit there right with me. Probably I'm going to sit on his lap because I'm a coward. But he's saying, you know what? I get that things are hard. But I invite you to just take a seat and relax in my presence. Because I will sustain you and I am with you. Even in the face of opposition. The presence of my shepherd empowers me to sit down and enjoy a relaxing meal in his presence. Now that's significant to me. Some of you folks know me well enough to understand that when things get stressful, I know I don't look at it. But when things get stressful, I lose my appetite. So you must be thinking I'm living stress fear. But anyway. <laughs> but seriously. He says, yes, I know it's chaotic. Yes, I know everything around you is in turmoil. But pull up a chair. Let's sit down and have a meal. Now, friends, I don't just want a shepherd like that. I desperately need a shepherd like that. Amen. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says this. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Friends, some days I just wish that said, in this world, you might have trouble. But he's guaranteeing us that we're going to have trouble. Really? That's the best you got. Yeah. Because any trouble I have... He has already overcome it. And then the next part of that says, You anoint my head with oil. Now, again, that's not a tradition with which most of us are terribly familiar. To me, when I think about that, I just kind of think, You. But we've got to take the culture here. And in David's culture, because David had been anointed with oil. In this environment, being anointed by with oil meant you were set apart for God. In other words, the shepherd's saying, this one's mine, and they are all that and more. That's what he's doing. Being anointed by oil means you are called and equipped to lead. Being anointed with oil means our shepherd sees us as worthy of honor. Being anointed with oil was something that was done when people were in need of healing. And throughout scripture, being anointed with oil is representative of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And your shepherd wants to anoint you with oil, even while you're sitting at the table with your enemies running around you like a crazy bull.
1: And then, as Robin emphasized, it goes on,
0: and it says, my cup overflows. Friends, as Robin demonstrated, it overflows with his presence and his provision, not necessarily with my expectations. I wonder how many times I look at my cup, and I'm thinking, it's kinda low, Lord. And he's saying, Steve, you got all you need and more, Quit your whining. He wouldn't say that to you, but he does to me. Friends, my shepherd blesses me with more than I deserve and more than I could ever earn. And that's on my worst day. My shepherd blesses me with more than enough for me to follow him. And do I really need anything more than that? Here I am, Steve. Walk with me. We got this. And then the last verse. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Now, again, put this in the context of what we've already said. We've got our shepherd leading us. He's out in front of me. We've got our shepherd guiding us. He's right beside me. And now we've got his goodness and love following us. He's got me covered. Before, now, behind. 360 degrees of shepherd surrounding me. Regardless, and friends, I need this As much or more than anybody else. Regardless of whatever else is going on, I have the promise. I'm making it personal, it's on you to do it. Regardless of whatever else is going on, I have the promise that I have a shepherd who will guide me in the goodness and love of God Almighty. From the moment of my conception to my last breath, nothing and no one can take that away from me Amen. friends why else is this probably the passage of scripture that is read at more hospital bedsides and at more grave sites than any other passage our shepherd wants us to know that he's got us from the cradle to the grave we are surrounded By his goodness and love. And that's where we end with. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Green pastures. Quiet waters. Dark valleys. Regardless of what happens in this life. I have a shepherd. Who will guide me to my place in the house of the Lord for all of eternity. Friends, that's why this passage has such incredible significance and such a place of reverence in our lives. And as I have said before, I have no idea where each of you are at today. But I'm relatively confident if it's not today, there will be a day somewhere down the road where you need to pull out Psalm 23 and you need to read it and you need to pray it every day, maybe multiple times through the course of the day. So if that's now, then you grab it, write it down, read it, pray it and make it yours if it's not today file it away because i'm telling you god says it's coming because he says in this world you will have trouble but your shepherd has overcome the world pray with me father what an amazing thought to realize First of all, that you're willing to be our shepherd. Father, I got to believe. Sometimes we make it really hard for you to be our shepherd. We're stubborn. We don't pay attention. We don't listen. We don't follow. And then we come screaming or start bleating. The daylight's out when we get in trouble thank you thank you for being our shepherd thank you for literally guiding us encouraging us making us lie down in times in your presence thank you for loving us enough to guide us to the green pastures that provide the nourishment that our soul needs thank you for directing us to the quiet waters that bring those times of refreshing and restoration Thank you that in the darkest of times, we are never alone. And thank you that you bless us, that you anoint us with the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you surround us 360 degrees with your love and goodness. And thank you that you have prepared a place for us in your kingdom. For all of eternity. As we walk with you. Thank you for being our shepherd. In the name of your son. And our shepherd. We say thank you. Amen.